Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Boston is no stranger to big threes. How this new iteration of Tatum, Brown, and Porzingis are quickly drawing comparisons to a legendary Celtics trio. And Giannis, he continued his tear with another dominant performance. That's despite Dame Lillard's off-shooting night. Who exactly are the Bucks now? We need some answers there. Plus, day three of the in-season tournament, it tips off in just a couple of hours. Two young NBA superstars face off tonight. So who will stand tall, Victor Wembanyama or Chet Holmgren? We start right now. Welcome to NBA Today. You know it is a great day when our senior writer Zach Lowe is in studio with us. And we're joined by 11-year NBA vet, our newest NBA analyst, Austin Rivers, in the building. We have Kendrick Perkins beaming in. Austin, since you're new here, I have a trivia question for you to start the Uh-oh. show. Are you ready? Yeah, I think the so. The two teams that have faced off in the regular season the most times in NBA history are whom? Uh, Celtics, Knicks. Oh, dig, dig, dig. And that's where we're going to start our show with the 491st match. Are you sweating a little bit? You <laughs> no, feel no, good, you feel feel good cool, that you got that right? Like He's cool, calm, and collected. And so was Jason Tatum down the stretch of this game. We're going to pick this one up in TD Garden. The Celtics, why are we showing Josh Hart here? Because this was absolutely absurd, Zach. Off the back of Drew Holiday, gets it back, goes for three, and they, it's good. They say you might see something you've never seen in any NBA game. I actually don't think I've ever seen this. Someone pass midair to themselves and then shoot. I don't think I've ever seen that. Is that intentional? Have you done that, Austin? No, I never have. <laughs> well, we appreciate the honesty. We need one more look at this because it was just so. What would you say, Zach? Holy bleep! That's that's. That's a holy. I, I laughed when I saw it. I chuckled in my seat. It was a good one. So did Josh Hart. He yeah. had to give himself a little bit of a pat on the back there. But then Jason Tatum, he just went to work mm-hmm. down the stretch of this game, Austin. Yeah, this is what you want to see from your best player. Taking over in the crunch time, taking over in the fourth quarter. 17 fourth quarter points, absolutely took over the game. Yeah. Uh, MVP-like performance. He did just that. You saw him carving through the defense there for the layup. Pulls up for three. That's good. You mentioned it. 17 points in the fourth. He would finish, though, with 35 on the game. That's just the cherry on top. The Celtics, they go on to win this one 114-98 to thanks to a dominant performance by Jason Tatum. He took over. We mentioned it right in the fourth. He scored 17 of the Celtics' 30 points in the period, including four of five shooting from distance. It's the 13th time, Zach, in his career. He's poured in 15 or more in the fourth quarter, but somehow, someway, he's still finding ways for us to go, oh my God, wow, how did he do that? What was the moment for you last night where you said just, what? My preseason MVP pick, by the way, although everyone has an uphill battle against Jokic. Yeah, Jason Tatum, every game now, is doing this on the pick and roll where they double him or they blitz him and he's yep. splitting the defenders and getting into the lane and sometimes going around a third guy. It's every single game. Here we go to the tape here. This is one in the first quarter. Then he gets it back to KP and here we go again. Porzingis is playing great, by the way. And then look at this. That's Mitchell Robinson who is playing outstanding defense and he just goes right around him. Third guy, I don't even see you. I'm just going to the rim. This is advanced stuff 
from a guy who's really tall to be doing this. And here again with the game on the line, fake the in and out dribble. Then Emmanuel quickly, we don't doesn't, doesn't even see it. Just going around a third guy underneath him. It's just every game he's getting better at this. And when the Celtics go to the rim, that's when they're really hard to beat. Yeah, and this is what you want. You want Jason Tatum playing at that MVP-like level. Yeah. You know, we talk about who is the best wing, and it's a constant conversation. Is it Booker? Is it Anthony Edwards? Is it Tatum? I think for the Celtics to get back to that championship level, for them to get over the hump and actually win and contend for a title, he has to be that MVP caliber player. He's been spectacular, but it's not just Jason Tatum. You mentioned Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and all this. And Perk, we're 10 games into the year. The numbers, their big three, they're putting up, they're, they're just staggering. And I, I'm liking trivia this morning. Do you have a guess who was the last Celtic trio to score this clip to start the season, Perk? Well, well, don't make me think outside the box because I would say it was Paul Ray and Kendrick Perkins, but the <laughs> fact is no. it's Paul Ray and KG. Yeah, Paul Ray and KG. That's what I say. That's what let's, I say. That let's, see who, let's see who it was. It, not quite. It was. Take a look at this. Tatum, Porzingis, Brown. They now have combined for 710 points. It's the second most combined points by Celtics trio through 10 games in team history, trailing only who? Not quite, Perk. It was Bird. McHale and Parrish in 86-87. So, pretty good, Perk. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think this is the best? pretty good. It's pretty good, but is it the best five-man lineup in the NBA? Uh, You know what, Malika, listen, let me say this. Are they balling right now? Do they have the best starting five in the NBA? Yes, but what does that mean? Will Bourne and I talked about this the other night on Countdown where we were talking about how the Warriors had the best starting five last season and they didn't win at all. You need depth. It's a team. And I have major concerns about the bench. Now, is Jason Tatum playing at the MVP level? Yes. Has Przingis upped his game since arriving in Boston? Hell yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is this. They still haven't gotten that signature win yet. And mm-hmm. when I say that signature win, I'm looking for a win against a Philadelphia 76 or tomorrow. Milwaukee Bucks or Denver Nuggets. I know it could happen tomorrow, but it haven't happened yet. Fair. And so I don't want to be a Debbie Donald, but again, we're talking about the city of champions and we're talking about a team that has a cha- that has a championship aspiration of achieving that goal Debbie this season. Downer. So am I impressed right now? Yeah. Debbie yeah. Downer, yeah. pouty yeah, perk. I don't want to be a Is that Debbie. pouty perk? Pouty perk, right? That was good. That could be, that could Not be perky perk, pouty perk. <laughs> pouty yeah. perk. Look. Perk, you mentioned the Warriors starting five last year, how they had the best lineup, but they didn't win the championship. Now you're talking about the city of champions in Boston. How about the team that actually won the championship, the Denver Nuggets? The crown is on that starting five. Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and the MVP, Nikola Jokic. That is a lineup that the basketball gods made on Mount Olympus. It is a perfect fitting lineup. It has Mm -hmm. the crown until further notice. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with, with Zach on this. I think Denver has the most complete starting lineup. When you talk about elite starting lineups, you don't just talk about star power. Sure, they have the MVP, Jokic, at the forefront. But you talk about the complementary players around him. Michael Porter Jr. spacing with the three. Jamal Murray, probably the best duo in terms of a tandem Ooh, yeah. that you can get. And then you've got Aaron Gordon, who is the perfect complementary piece to Jokic. And then you've got Caldwell Pope out there defending. It is a perfect Ooh. lineup, in my opinion. I think it's the best starting lineup in basketball. They're the measuring stick perk for every Ooh. other lineup Whoa. in the NBA. Yeah, go ahead. Whoa. Well, well, y'all hold up, y'all three, because I'm not debating. I don't want to get into a debate about that because I'm not going to sit up here and say I disagree with y'all because, as I said, it comes down to the depth, strength, and numbers. 
Last year we saw Bruce Brown. Last year we saw Christian Brown. So those guys coming in off the sure. bench is why but we're talking I'm saying five. what does that actually mean? Yeah, I know, but Malika, it takes the team sure. to win the championship. I get all that, but you're really only going seven, eight deep in the playoffs, and who are the five that you're really depending on the most? It's that starting five. I, I do want to get to the Knicks side of things before this gets too out of hand, because despite the loss, New York, they still have a point differential <laughs> of above four points per game, the best mark of any team without a winning record. And who better to help us talk about the Knicks than our newest NBA analyst, Scott Perry. He spent two decades in NBA front offices. You also helped build the 2004 Pistons championship roster. And then most recently, of course, you served as the general manager for the New York Knicks. So, Scott, I ask you this. How far away do you think New York is from being a true contender? Well, Malika, I really think they're just one player away. Mm. Uh, and here's what I think they're one player away, a player that can come in and doesn't have to be a superstar player either. A player who can create some offense off the dribble uh, to take some of the pressure off Jalen Brunson having to do that as well, or Julius Randle having to do it, or RJ Barrett. Just another player. And I'll give you an example. You mentioned my time in Detroit. In 2004, we were in a very similar position that the Knicks are in right now. We were in the middle of the pack. We were like, fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference. We were a good basketball team, but we needed to get over the hump. We made an in-season trade to go get Rasheed Wallace. We add Rasheed Wallace, boom, we go on a run, we end up winning the NBA title. I think we're the, uh, maybe the last team to make an in-season move like that to go ahead and win a title. Yeah, I believe in, I believe in the collective. Mm -hmm. And I think the Knicks have something in terms of depth so you add one more player to that mix, you don't have to go the typical three superstar um, uh, uh, route uh, sure. to get it done. Yeah, and it's going to be harder and harder to do that with the new CBA and that uh, second apron that we continue to hear about. I'm going to ask you a question. I can't help it. It's the question that Knicks fans ask, and I know you heard it over and over and over again during your tenure in New York. Do you think the Knicks need to trade Julius Randle to sort of get back to that spot that you're talking about? I do not think the Knicks need to change or trade Julius Randle at this junction. Uh, look, nobody's on the horizon to me that's better than this young man. What I know about Julius, he's a tremendously hard worker. He wants to win, he competes. And in the day and age of uh, low management, this guy wants to play every single game. Yes. And that counts for something. And, uh, and, that, and that needs to be highly valued. I'm sure that's still valued uh, within the Knicks organization. So no, Julius Randle needs to be a Nick. You add to him with all the other guys that are there and then take your shot and see what you have at that point. See if that's good enough to get you a deep run or, or even to the uh, to the conference finals or finals. Well, conference finals would I know I know Knicks fans are hard to please, but conference finals, considering how hard they have had a hard of time they had getting there in the past. I think that that would be a success for them. Plus, it would be difficult to trade Julius with that seven and a half million dollar uh, trade kicker in there. Scott Perry, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Still to come on our show, James Harden in Hollywood. It has not gone according to plan so far. They face the defending champs tonight. What can the Clippers do as the losses pile up? Plus, it's been an up and down first few weeks for Giannis and the Bucks. How worried is Zach Lowe about their slow start to the season? I worry about everything. I'm always worried. Yeah, you're, you're, that's why you're grouchy Zach. But did you guys see DeMar DeRozan's pass last night? No one could be grouchy about that. It was unbelievable. So we have top of the top passes coming up next. 
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching NBA Today. After dropping two games with Damian Lillard, Giannis and the Bucks, they welcomed him back against the Bulls last night. Let's check out how this one went down, gentlemen. We're going to start with two seconds left in the first quarter here because it's not very often we see Giannis do this. Hey, that's the smoothest looking three Giannis has ever hit. Maybe he should take all his threes that way. We needed to take one more look at it because I was like, oh, all right, that's pretty impressive. Giannis just doing Giannis things at this point, going coast to coast. Yeah, he sees Vucevic. He's going to blow right by him. From the center. That's rude. It's rude behavior. I mean, so is this. Is the Giannis spin move the most unstoppable move in basketball right now, Austin? You can see it coming, but you can't stop. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, we're going to go ahead to the fourth quarter here. Watch this. We know it's coming. DeMar DeRozan. Okay, if Kobe White didn't hit that, I feel like he was going to have to walk home after that one. Sure. One more look at this pass. Yeah, that was a wild pass. Yeah, wild. Absolutely absurd, but so is Giannis, the definition of it. Enough, enough. Put the Bulls out of their misery. Well, Giannis did. Turnover here. Giannis, full head of steam. Bucks win 118-109. Giannis had 35 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. He's now gone for at least 35 points and 10 rebounds in 3 straight games. That ties the longest set streak of his career. It's also, by the way, one shy of tying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the longest set streak in Bucks history. But then on the flip side, Dame, he's struggling a little bit. He's on pace for his worst shooting season of his career. It's very, very early, folks. But he's shooting 37% from the field, 27% from three. Remember, he got off to that shaky start a little bit in 2021-22. He pulled it together a bit, but never fully got back to that elite level that we're accustomed to seeing from Damian Lillard. Of course, he only played 29 games in that season. But when you look at the out-of-this-world play at times of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the struggles of Damian Lillard, Zach, where do you fall? How concerned are you about Milwaukee? I think they were number two on your concern list yesterday. No, they were, they were number, number one. one. They were number the one. The Clippers, and people were like, what? What? the Clippers should be number one. You clearly did what? I, I have a lot of trust in Ty Lue. That's why the Clippers were number one. I think you had it right there. They should be higher. I, when I watch the Bucks, like it just doesn't look right. Like Something's not flowing right. The chemistry between Dame and Giannis just isn't where we all thought it would be. They're not running that many pick and rolls together. When Giannis goes to the bench, you kind of wait for Dame to go into takeover mode, like Portland-level Inferno takeover mode. Yeah. And it just kind of doesn't happen. Their depth is shaky and got shakier yesterday with Jay Crowder undergoing surgery. Like, they just look kind of slow. He peaks out for and, Jay Crowder. And yeah, he's going to be out a while. They just, they're, look, 
they're going to be fine. They have two of the 15 best players in the league and, and maybe an MVP candidate in Giannis, but they have not looked good to me. Even in their wins like last night, they have not looked like I thought they would look. Yeah, well, Rome wasn't built in one day. We all know great things take time. It's going to take time. It's early in the season. This is the first time Dame has ever been second fiddle. He's never been in this position where he's had to take a backseat to anybody. You know, it's, it's going to take a lot more than, was it, 10, 11 games in? Sure. For him to really get his rhythm. I'm not really focused on his shooting and his percentages. He's going to be fine. But I, the defense doesn't concern you? It is. I mean, listen. Because I'm not saying Rome needs to be built in a day, but I am saying the Bucks have been building this for years and years and years. Of course. Including of course. it culminating in a championship. You get rid of Drew Holiday, one of their defensive anchors, but you still have Brooke and you still have uh, no, no, no. Giannis. No doubt. They, they lose a lot losing Drew, especially on the defensive side. Yeah. But what Damian can do in the fourth quarter is something that, as much as I love Drew, Drew cannot do. And we were all singing a whole different tune after the first game when he had 40-plus points and mm -hmm. hitting the game-winning shot. This is a guy come clutch, uh, crunch time, down the stretch, playoffs, this this will we'll see why this trade. See, was made. but that game is a great example. Like they won that game and everyone was going crazy. I didn't think they looked good in that game either. That was a one point win over Philly. I thought they just kind of looked a little raggedy, a little bit blah, as, yeah. as as you would say. Where where do you fall on this, Perk? Uh, my question is, why do they look flawed? Like Zach pointed out, you know, like it doesn't look good watching them on offense. Dame and Giannis not running that many pick and rolls, and their defense have been atrocious like it's been that bad you know and so when I think about that my thing is I look at what's the other adjustment that they made this offseason and I got to look at Adrian Griffin because my thing is is that if you if you have the attention of this locker room if you're imposing your will um you know obviously it's going to take you time to Try to try to define and, and get things under order on the offensive end. Right. But the defensive effort that I've been seeing out of those guys, like guys like Malik Beasley, uh, Dame Dollar, Pat Cunnington, like I'm watching them fight over screens or not fighting over screens. I'm watching Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Sometimes they want to anchor the defense and protect the basket. Sometimes they don't. And so that's a reflection of the coach. And I think this is going to be a learning period not only for the Dame Dollar in his new situation, but it's going to be a learning period with Adrian Griffin because Budenholzer had those boys playing defense. Why you don't? Yeah, I mean, it was a well-oiled machine under Mike Budenholzer. And look, we've had Adrian Griffin and John Horst in our studio. They were wonderful. You can see their vision for what this team could be. It's very, very early, but thus far it hasn't lived up to expectations. And when you see what the Celtics are doing, when you see what Philadelphia is doing, we've talked about having not much room for error in the Western Conference. The top of the East is tough, and the Bucks don't want to get left behind here. But when there is a pass as nice as DeMar DeRozan's, we need to see it twice. I don't know if I have seen something quite like this. I mean, the 360 in midair. He didn't even need to do all that. He just added a little no, sauce. No, like, stop spinning. That's that's the most impressive thing. He stopped midair. Yeah. He stopped spinning, and then it's also a reverse spin. It's not the typical 360 move. Yeah, I don't even know how the physics work on that. That was never my subject in school. But I do know that we need a little top of the top here. All-time most impossible Let's dive. Go. We're starting in 96. Rod Strickland, right? Penny Hart. Away. First, we're starting with Rod Strickland. I mean, what? People forget Rod Strickland could pass. Go ahead, Zach. The Kyrie before Kyrie? Rod Strickland could really A little bit. And then here's Penny, as promised. Oh, 1996 here. Hometown mm. hero. Love that. Off the oh. rebound. 
And then Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics, of course, in 2016. How did he see it? How did he see it? At that point, it's just feel, right? <laughs> we also have top full court. Pistol Pete, this is 1978. That's where we're going to start on this one, Zach. Look at that, underhanded. That's gorgeous. Pistol Pete was a magician. Whoop. I just, How would you know, Austin? <laughs> Jason Kidd in 2002, Austin. <laughs> <must> even bored. <laughs> I mean, he rolls. It's like it's like bowling and basketball at once. And then, of course, Dwayne Wade to LeBron James in 2011 here. That's crazy. These guys the just turned the whole league into a lot of party. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, we have a top behind the back. Hey, Charles Barkley. The year is 1989. Woo! Is that Mike Jaminski finishing that? How skinny Charles is. And then Joe Tumars. Well, I mean... Is it is it a, a dead spot on the court? What? what? Oh, it's a spin. Just oh, just make it a little easier. What the perfect oh, amount of spin it's on this. English. I was gonna say if we don't yeah. have white chocolate in here, something's oh. wrong. Zach, of course we have white chocolate for you. <laughs> and then here's some of the best from this season. Of course we had to have Nikola Jokic in here. This is off of the inbound pass. What? He's just like as casual as if he's just sipping a drink of water, throws that pass. Yeah, and then this hustle play from the other night essentially won Memphis the game. Marcus Smart. Backhand. And then we needed to get you one more look at DeMar DeRozan. Hey. Kobe White, he knew. I'm sick. sure he was feeling the pressure to yeah, hit that shot. That Those passes are unbelievable, but so was how the Wizards snatched defeat from the jaws Why of victory last night. we got to do this to the Wizards? Um, up 10, 5.30 to go in this game. It's going great. What happened? It, a lot happened. Really? Watch on this play. Kyle Kuzma still saying, we need to review, we need to review, we need to review. In the meantime, Pascal Siakam's like, no, we're going to continue playing. So essentially, they're playing four on five on that. So you think continuing to play is a good strategy? I genu generally, <laughs> Don't stop playing. I generally think that that is a good Nobody strategy. Nobody telling him to, to stay in the play like when he was running over to the bench? Well, they should, put that, they should put that in the playbook. Keep playing. Pascal Siakam, look, 12-0 run here. Spicy P. The Raptors are going on. The Raptors take a two-point lead, and then on the other end, the Wizards, yeah. they have a chance to tie or retake the lead. He just stepped out of bounds. So the Raptors get the win, 111-107. Here's the deal, guys. Washington's final uh, made field goal, it came with 7.25 left in the game. From that point on, the Wizards missed their last 10 shot attempts. They were outscored. 21 to 0. I think it's a little early to call this rock bottom for any team, including the Wizards, but they're at a pretty low point right now, Perk. As our resident wordsmith, can you sum up what's going on in Washington? Yeah, what's boy. your word of the Here day? Here we go. <laughs> it's not something, you know what I'm saying, out of the box. We're going to keep it simple. And I'm going with the word lemon, okay? And okay. I'm not talking about making lemonade. Damn it, I'm talking about the lemon version of a car, okay? You know how you go get a car, you say you sold me a lemon. This is what I look think about when I think about the Washington Wizards. Why? I'm thinking about Jordan Poole, right? You wanted the keys to the, to the vehicle, now all of a sudden you got manufacturing problems. All of a sudden the oil light is on. All of a sudden you are not doing anything with the keys, Jordan Poole. You wanted this, right? You wanted to embrace this moment. 
You have not lived up on it. So my thing is, is this, did he ask to be traded? I don't know. But at the end of the day is, is that he was in a perfect situation with the Golden State Warriors. And I know the things happened with Draymond Green, but outside of that, you got paid. You was on the championship team. You were playing with Hall of Famers. Now, all of a sudden, look at you now. So you're saying driving off the lot and the oil light comes on immediately. That's what's going on with the Wizards. Appreciate you, Perk. Always keeping us on our toes with Mm -hmm. the word of the day. All right, still to come on this jam-packed show, the in-season tournament, it continues tonight. The Lakers, they take on the Grizzlies. We have an update on whether or not we will see LeBron James on the floor tonight for L.A. Also, Anthony Edwards and the red-hot Timberwolves, they look to take down the Warriors once again. Who has more to prove in this game? Kendrick Perkins, he weighs in. And... What happens when Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren square off in their first ever regular season game? Well, one thing's for certain. That is 14 and a half feet of star power. All that and more. NBA Today will be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Give me some details. How did this thing come about and what's it going to look like? The NBA has been talking about this for years. All 30 teams will participate our very first ever NBA in-season tournament. Oh, razzle, dazzle. Oh, next level. So the NBA just dropped a mid-season tournament. Interesting. Defying gravity. Finally, you have something that allows teams to be super engaged early in the season. I really feel like it's going to be the young stars uh-huh. that are going to thrive in this sort of thing. Oh, my goodness. Every single team has a chance to win this cup. I love Tuesdays, and it's because tonight we have our third night of the in-season tournament action. And the proof's in the numbers, right? Because take a look at this. Players, that's what matters. They are buying in. The average margin of victory so far in the in-season tournament is less than seven points a game. That's nearly half the average of the standard regular season games that have been played over the first three weeks of the year, which means that tonight's rematch of Sunday's testy Warriors-Wolves game, it has a lot of potential to get even more competitive. After all, first place in Group C, it is on the line. So I want to bring in our big man, Kendrick Perkins. Perk, the Wolves have won six straight. The Warriors, they're trying to stop a three-game skid. They will not have Steph Curry tonight. Who can prove more? You know what, Malika? It's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves that I picked. Now, listen, listen, 
I'm Latoya Luckett in this situation. I'm torn between the two because I've actually picked the Golden State Warriors to win the in-season tournament. But when I think about the Minnesota Timberwolves and I think about how they played, it's going to be hard to double back. But this team has been playing phenomenal. The big-to-big passing from Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. The leadership of Anthony Edwards taking over the fourth quarter, being a vocal leader, playing both sides of the ball. So when I think about the Wolves being consistent on how they've been playing, especially that starting five, I think it means more for them to get another win and double back, especially in a game that really matters in the in-season tournament. Right. Prove that it's yeah. not a fluke, particularly with Steph Curry dealing with that knee issue that he sustained in the last mm-hmm. game against the Timberwolves. Perk, I appreciate you. So the Wolves, they're trying to control Group C here. The Lakers, or rather the Clippers, are fighting to stay relevant in Group B. So a loss to the defending champion Nuggets, it would put them two games back with three to play as we take a look at these standings here. Obviously, they have bigger fish to fry, though, Zach, than in-season tournament woes. What is the one thing that the Clippers could do to sort of right the ship here? What Ty Lue said yesterday, stop walking around on offense. He made it clear to them. He laid down the law. If we're going to have this offense with all these four creators on the floor, we need to run some plays and we need to run them hard. And they're not doing it. They're going station to station to station. And here's the tape. I think we got a couple plays to highlight here. This is just Paul George walking it up. Got Spencer Dinwiddie on me. Everyone kind of standing around. Some guys are moving. That's cool. A little bit. Pick. Coming up from P.J. Tucker to get a better defender. Mikhail Bridges switched onto him. No passes. Bad shot. Miss. Just total disorganization. Here we got Russ bringing the ball up. Zoo's right. on the floor, so space. Look at Paul George just walk next to Norm Powell like, hey, man, want to have a picnic over here? What's <laughs> going on? Why don't we all stand in the same place and chill out? James dribbles. Guys kind of just like, okay, there's stuff happening. Everyone's chilling out, maybe talking to some people in the crowd. Like, they got to get some zip into this. And it's not just transition play that they need more of. It's like in the half court, you got to run your stuff. You got to run it. Right. You have to see it a little bit more. Take a look at this. The longing losing streaks by a former MVP. A couple of them right now are on the Los Angeles Clippers. But you have a streak of your own, Zach, going. You've I do. You've watched every single minute. Is that correct? Of this James Harden union with the Clippers. Are you going to keep that up tonight? I was going to watch the Warriors-Wolves, but now Steph's out, so I may be lured back. Oh, the streak is going to be alive. The streak is going to be alive. The case, Zach, that I am most excited for is the clash of Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren. They are front runners for Rookie of the Year. And if you look at the numbers, it's pretty easy to see why, right? When we talk about Chet, when we talk about Victor Wembanyama, they are the only two rookies in league history to average over one and a half threes and two blocks per game. As we say hello again to Austin Rivers, I'm really hopeful that there's going to be many more to come tonight, particularly in their head-to-head matchup here. So Austin, how are these guys able to get it done on both ends of the floor here? This is what happens when talent, agility, and ability meet. We're gonna run through this right now. Let's run it from the top. Let's do it. You'll see here, right here, simple possession, air ball, which usually leads to easy, fast break points. We're going to run it slowly. He's got his back turned. Most of the time, a guy is getting dunked on. Pause. Oh, we didn't pause it. Let's see that. Oh. Maybe we Whatever. Can. Let's play it. He ended up blocking that. He's a foot above the rim going that. And then he comes out of bounds and blocks it again. Right. I mean, that, that nine out of ten times, a big is getting dunked on. And then Victor busts out on the break. We're going to go to the next clip with Chet. Watch this. I love this play by Chet. Run a little faster. He's coming down with one of the best guards in the league, Shea Alexander. He knows, he knows how much attention this guy gets. We'll pause it right here. 
That's a seven-footer. Yeah. Seeing up a three, and this is the first shot of the game for him. Yep. We talk about ability. That is just a play that really shows how diverse his game is. And these two really went at it in preseason. It was chippy. Yep. You can see they were very short when they were talking about each other. I really look forward to them going at it tonight, and not only night, but for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, their, their rivalry dates back to, to FIBA. They know. They have these games circled on Absolutely. their calendar, and I expect this to be a downright battle. Let's take a look at the prop bets for tonight with the odds by ESPN Bet. Wemby is at 20.5 points, 9.5 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, while Chet's over-unders are set at 15.5 seven and a half rebounds, and then one and a half blocks. Oh, I cannot wait for that one, my friends. All right, still to come on NBA Today. What are the possibilities of the Bulls trading away their two all-stars? We have the very latest. NBA Today will be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Chicago Bulls are off to a little bit of a slow start, dropping to 4-7 and seven after last night's loss to the Bucks. That has opened the door to some interesting discussion. According to Casey Johnson, the team is now exploring trading both Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. So back here with our panel. Perk, I want to start with you here. Is it time? Should the Chicago Bulls blow this thing up? Hell yeah, it's been time. And you know what? Somebody's going to get an early Christmas present because I know a lot of people been saying that DeMar DeRozan is washed and a lot of people think they don't know what they're going to get out of Zach Levine. But the fact of the matter is both of these guys are superior talent still. And Zach Levine had not even scratched the surface of his prime, in my opinion. And I know that's a lot of money, but if I'm the Miami Heat, I missed out on Bradley Beal. I missed out on Drew Holiday. I missed out on Damian Lillard. I might not want to miss out on Zach Levine. And you know what's scary about this is that the Philadelphia 76ers have been playing some excellent basketball. But if you're Daryl Moore, you got to take a look at it. Now, I know Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are the the pieces that no one could touch. But outside of that, you might have to look into this if you're Daryl Moore. Yeah, I like uh, I like him in New York. We just talked about Zach. Yeah, Zach, and I know he's not a superstar, and they're talking about them needing a big piece. But I, I think his ability to score the ball would alleviate stress and pressure on Julius Randle and Jalen uh, Brunson. Yeah, um, you know, I think that could be a possible fit. I want I want to get to those possible fits, but I'm still we're not that far removed from the Bulls putting 
all of their pieces in on DeMar DeRozan, on Zach Levine, yeah. on Lonzo Ball, who unfortunately has been injured, and we certainly hope to see him back on the floor at some point. They went all in on this group. Two years ago, they were off to like a 6-1 and one start, and then the, the wheels just started falling off at various points. There were discussions over the summer of whether or not this group should stay together. I, I, I want to get to the teams that those guys can help, but I kind of feel like i got to speak for Bulls fans here. How should they be feeling about the direction of their franchise, Zach? They should want a new direction because this one doesn't work. I mean, we're at three years now of <laughs> Levine, DeRozan, right. and Vucevic on the floor. Negative point differential every year, including a massive negative point differential this year. They just do not work together at a level that's high enough to justify the continued investment in them. So absolutely, they should be exploring Zach Levine trades. That would be it's their job to do that. And I do agree that he could fit. Like we've named a yeah, lot yeah. of the a lot of the right teams. Yep. I think the Lakers would perhaps consider looking at it once their players become trade eligible in December and January. But when you talk about the Knicks with Jalen Brunson, or you talk about the Sixers, as Perk mentioned, the Sixers, we all know they just got a bunch of trade assets for James Harden. Jalen Brunson in New York, Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia. Zach Levine has been a minus defender for yep. his entire career. It's not it's not awful defender. He's just this is a, what it is. like, can you survive defensively at the highest levels with those respective backcourts? It's the same issue we run into every time there's sort of an offense first so-so defensive guard, undersized guard, whatever it is, Zach's not undersized but on the trade market. And like, you got to think about those fit issues. It's not quite that easy, but boy, if the, offensively, Zach is a, like, he can shoot it, shoot right. it, shoot it. Perk's giving yes, the Perk. Yep. Yes, Perk. This is the history and, teacher and coming out. And on top out. of that, you know, no, 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 because on top of that, we, we saw what just happened or we're witnessing what, what happened with the James Harden situation, right? James Harden name and, you know, the desperation move that the Clippers made. And we saw how they looked before James Harden, right? I thought they had a nice team. As long as they stay healthy, they could have made a run. If you're a GM, you also got to be kind of patient, especially if your team is playing well, because chemistry is everything. So, Yes, I talked about the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm pretty sure that if they was to make a deal that a Tobias Harris would be thrown in that. But Tobias Harris has been playing great for them. Tobias Harris is shooting yeah. close to 60% from the field under Nick Nurse. So, I mean, it's a sticky situation, but again, we're talking about Daryl Moore, one of the most aggressive GMs to ever walk in the front office. Yeah, I mean, I... I that's when he brought up the point of him going into Miami. You know, we just talked about the defensive stuff. I don't even know culturally if Zach fits in that whole everything down there is grit, grind, defend. You know, you look at New York situation, I immediately put them in the mix just due to just the onus on Brunson yeah. to carry that team on a night to night basis, they need especially some in the juice. fourth. They need yeah, some they just juice. need a little bit of pop, a little sure. bit of scoring. You put Grimes in that second unit, I think that could fit naturally. Um, and, you know, yeah. I. Yeah, we'll it, see. It's just a question of whether or not, with, with all the space they have, do they want to make that move now, or do they want to get to something maybe even even bigger, potentially, the, all in next summer? The other question is, do the Bulls have an appetite to rebuild? Like, the, the, no one is asking that question in terms of, like, do they actually want to take a step back? Like, yep. what kind of deals are they looking at? Because 
They probably should. <laughs> they were having, would they have a That's team right. meeting after the game one? Uh, game one, yeah, they did yeah. have a team meeting. Yeah, we, we were not yeah. sure whether or not that was a record for the fastest ever team meeting. But <laughs> if was, not, it's, it's, it's certainly up there. For those who are rooting for chaos, just no, don't even go there. James Harden for uh, Zach Levine oh, does not work in the trade machine. A rebuild would be exciting. It doesn't though. work in the trade machine. I th- Here's our star-studded NBA Wednesday doubleheader before Zach throws anything. It's a battle between the best in the East. Joel Embiid and the Sixers host Jason Tatum and the Celtics. Could this be the big signature? win for the Celtics that Perk was talking about and then it's the Kings taking on the Lakers the King versus the King potentially our coverage tips with NBA countdown at 7 Eastern and the app still to come we tell you why the Lakers are in the driver's seat to advance to the in-season tournament knockout round you're watching NBA today This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Six seconds left. LeBron's got it. Tillman on him. Lakers down two. James off the window. It goes! Vintage LeBron. Dylan Brooks picks up James. James drives. James is fouled! At 38 years of age in year 20, still the best player on the floor. Man, that was a heck of a play. The Lakers, they face the Grizzlies tonight. It's their first meeting since defeating Memphis in six games back in April. And look who's here, our NBA reporter Dave McMenamin, outside of the Los Angeles Lakers practice facility. And Dave, LeBron missed the last game with a calf issue. What are the chances we see him on the floor tonight? Malika, we saw him on the court at shoot-around this morning, shooting free throws with the guy who he dubs his understudy, Rui Hachimura, who stepped in in the starting lineup against Portland on Sunday in LeBron's absence. I'm told he went through a round of testing on his calf this morning. He's going to get to the arena tonight. He's still listed as questionable, but he's going to go through another round of testing on that left calf of his at Crypto.com tonight. There's still a possibility we see him back in the lineup in another in-season tournament game tonight against the Grizzlies. All right, so there's still a possibility that we could see him. Dave, thank you very much. The Lakers, they are hoping that LeBron James is on the floor for them because they are their odds-on favorite to win the group. Look at this. The Lakers, they could take another step towards winning Group A after beating the Suns on Friday. That was also an in-season tournament game. And with games against the Jazz, the Blazers still to go after this one. The Lakers, they are the odds-on favorite to win their group. That's according to ESPN Bet. So, Perk, we heard LeBron after that win. He said he was motivated. This is an in-season tournament. Let's go. Let's get up for it. But in year 21, how much do you think this tournament is interesting, motivates players like LeBron James? Oh, they're motivated. They're motivated. Anytime you can stack up your resume 
and add an accolade and get letters. Look, LeBron James wants it all. That striving for greatness and being and, and wanting to be or thinking that he's the greatest of all time or being one of the greatest of all time, why not win the in-season tournament? I know it's the first year, and I know some people are going to say, oh, it didn't matter, but it matters when you pull up their resume. And don't they have a finals in-season tournament uh, MVP? So, I mean, you could stack that along as well. I mean, like, anytime you could add if you're LeBron James and could continue to stack up accolades, I think he's going to continue to be motivated, especially in this in-season tournament, which I think they're going to win their pool. Oh, win their pool. Well, LeBron James is questionable tonight. Our Dave McMenamin reporting that he's going to go through some more tests before this game. What are you watching for in this matchup between the Grizzlies and the Lakers? We know these two have history. Well, and a lot of history went over to Houston with Dylan Brooks, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. but, so I don't know how many fireworks there'll be. But look, with or without LeBron, just the Lakers getting their offense in rhythm. Austin Reeves coming off the bench. Is that going to be a permanent move, a temporary move? They've looked a little better the last couple of games. The offense just goes through stretches where it's, it's stuck in mud. But they're look, once they get healthy, Rui's back now. Gabe Vincent will be back soon. we got to see the full team, but they got to catch a rhythm at some point. Well, before we bounce... De'Aaron Fox, he was back in the Kings lineup last night. He had 28 points. It was a win over the Cavs. But uh, check this out. The team celebrated Mike Brown's 400th career, career win as a coach. And this is how they did it in the locker room after the game. Obviously, yes, De'Aaron, we know he's great. They lit the beam. But then, I guess it would make sense. Mike Brown gets the game ball, sure. But the Kings should have a throne? Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Coming wow. up next on NBA okay. Today, we should get you one, Zach. We're going to take a deep dive into the Clippers rotation, whether or not a lineup change is needed for them to break their losing streak. We're going to get into that in 60 seconds. Ah, the Clippers. They have lost five in a row, four since James Harden entered the lineup. Harden hasn't had more than 17 points in any of his games with Los Angeles. It's the first time in his career that he's lost four straight games in a season while scoring under 20 points in each of them. And tonight, the task, it really doesn't get any easier. They take on the defending champion, Denver Nuggets, in Denver. And when Westbrook, Kawhi, PG, Harden, they've shared the court, they have been outscored, as you can see here, negative 23 for this lineup. So Zach said yesterday on the show the Clippers maybe should consider bringing James Harden off the bench. Austin, you played with James Harden in Houston, yep. right? What's your take on how they can write this ship? Yeah, I played with James and Russ at the same time. Yep. And one of the main issues of that time was spacing. And that's why we ended up, I think they ended up trading Clint Capella for Robert Covington and trying to create more spacing, which obviously didn't really work. When I watch that team play, you know, you essentially have four guys that aren't used to moving out the ball. They're not used to playing off somebody else. They're guys who want the ball, they call for the ball, and especially Russ and James. Their game is predicated off them having the ball in their hands. They're ball-dominant players. Uh, you have to stagger that team, and it's not just for the offense, it's defensively. If you watch their games right now, there is no chemistry on either side of the floor. I think it would not only help the team, but help both of them, and especially James, just getting him to have his own lineup, whether that's the first unit or second unit, giving him a chance to be able to run a team and run a show. Like you said, he, he is the system, <laughs> or according yeah. to him, he's a system. I think you've got to give him a chance to be James. Uh, you know, just a year ago, he was a 20-12 and 12 player. So. Right, but isn't that what Ty is saying? We need to play through him more. We need to play through him even more. That's what Ty Lue is saying about this group. That's the tricky part, because if you play through James more, that means there's more of Kawhi standing in the corner, 
and Paul George standing in the corner. And those two guys are too good to stand in the corner. No one puts so that's when you got to run two-man game together, look for mismatches, get the ball zipping around. And that's just what the you know, Harden-Kawhi pick and roll, see what that yields. And they just haven't been doing enough of that. Look, I thought when they made the trade, start Terrence Mann and bring Russ off the bench. Mm. The more I've watched him now, all four games, every single second of these games, torturing myself watching this, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of giving James the second unit the with Zubots and just let that and start Terrence Mann for James. Something's got to change somehow because I can't believe how bad they've looked. It doesn't get any easier tonight, Perk, against the clip or against the Nuggets, rather. It don't. And, and how did they, how did Ty Luke get to that point? And why did he get to that point? Basically saying that he want to run the offense through James. That's a problem, but I don't know the answer to. But if the Clippers actually want to get back on track, tonight will be the, the night. Mm-hmm. Going into Denver, going against the defending champs where it's hard to win, even without Jamal Murray. It's hard to beat the Nuggets in Denver. If they could come out and play together and get a win, this could actually get them to the start that they need to be going on. And when I say that, it's as far as the chemistry-wise. Like, when you get that type of feel-good win, all of a sudden the energy shifts. Yeah. But I don't know that's, if that's going to happen. I'm just confused about the whole situation when it comes <laughs> down to the Clippers. And I think Ty Lue is confused hey, as well. I was going to say, I don't know that you're necessarily the only one that's confused. You've actually been there, though, in these types of games where Russ, Harden on the same team going in, a game that they know they need to get up for. What do they think about in a situation like this? I mean, I think right now they got to help each other. I mean, we, we always see every time we see them, they're boys off the court. They got to use some of that chemistry and channel that on the court. And one of them has to be the bigger man and say, hey, listen, I'll come off the bench. Why don't you start? I'll you don't do think this. it's tenable that both of them can for the Good foreseeable love. future. I don't, I don't not, not, not both of them. Not together. No, not, I together. not with PG and Kwai and all four of them out there. Right. I, I don't like that. You. Well, give it 10 games maybe, but it's getting close to that panic button for the Clippers. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy the in-season tournament games tonight, and we'll Bye, see you Perk. tomorrow.